Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Live. Good evening and welcome to Lawrence Human Trafficking within the Targeted Individual Community. Our podcast tonight is Saturday, March 26, 2017, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, uh, the views and comments and opinions of my guests and speakers do not normally reflect my own personal opinion, but I do feel very strongly that all of us have something to share, something to grow, and something to learn from. Tonight's speaker um, is John Captain, and our topic tonight is on his now experience and what he has to live through because of a loved one, someone very special in his life, with murder. We're talking about murder and victim of being into culture, as well as the corruption that seems to parallel with law enforcement as well as our court. <coughs> I'm getting ready to meet the room. And John, all I'll need you to do is star eight so I can see you on the board, John. Just press star eight and I can see you on the on the tip of hand. Okay, I need star eight from John, the speaker. Tonight's speaker is John Captain. Okay, John, is that you in central New Jersey? Or no? Hello? Okay, John, California, is that you, John? Okay, there we go, yes. All right. Hi. Welcome. Good evening. Uh, again, without further ado, I like everyone. We're going to give a warm applause to our speaker tonight. His name is John Captain, and he's going to tell us his story. So let's sort of settle in with this, John. You, uh, I take it you were an adult man living your life, and um, you believed at the time you met a very special young lady named Tiffany. Would you take us back, you know, briefly to that time when you first met and set it up for how things were going with both of your lives at that time? Yeah, well, basically, um, the both of us were single and kind of just living our lives, so to speak. And uh, I met Tiffany when she was visiting a friend of mine um, at my rental home that's connected to my office. Um, uh, the property is, and uh, she was waiting for him outside that house that I rent out. And uh, one of my workers asked him, asked her, you know, what she was up to because she was sitting there. And and um, she ended up stick, sticking around for. She came in my office because she heard our uh, little nightclub sound system, and and we ended up becoming friends. And she kind of never left. Uh, so that's how we met. 
But initially, when I met her, she was um, drinking heavily. And uh, that eventually became a problem for the both of us, uh, her drinking. And, um, but what was unique about the situation was she was willing to stop and did so uh, for long periods of time. And I think that that actually caused her um, – well, it, it's important to note that nothing causes murder. But looking back, there are certain things that triggered her into what is now her murder. And so at the time when I was living with her, I was unaware that any of this stuff existed. I never heard of the Illuminati. I never heard of the New World Order. And I never heard of mind control. And so, but hindsight's twenty twenty. I can look back now and see all the struggles that she had. It was all related to her mind control. Um, I guess when I'm setting this up, Zach, let me do a little slower. You met Tiffany again at your uh, home slash business, and she's waiting on one of your friends, and he introduced you, he or she, and that's how you met her. Now, when you said her drinking got in the way, in the way was it like, like that movie uh, of Wine and Roses? Was she, did it go from social drinking to kind of all the time? Or was it gradually slower? Was it something that you guys were just partying? First, you didn't notice it until you realized, oh, wow, we're kind of consuming a lot of booze. Well, I don't drink, really, so that wasn't okay. uh, the issue. The issue was that um, her friends actually would call her out to go drink, and then I would become unglued because I had spent such an exorbitant amount of time trying to get her to see that she was killing herself with drinking. And she also told me early on, if she drinks, she will die. And so I had a, a, an obligation for her to speak. But I, I was wanting her to live her life in such a way that was more conducive to mine or others. But primarily, her friends would call her and they would go to like, a, you know, Christmas shopping during that Christmas time or, or they would go to, you know, a Thanksgiving something or another. And then she would end up drunk. And I never could understand how it was that every time she left, she ended up drunk because um, they all knew she was in treatment. They all knew she was dying from alcohol, but they would um, facilitate her drinking. Now, for me, it wasn't that she drank that caused me a problem. It was when she got drunk, she yelled and screamed. And um, I look back now and I can see the difference between when she was just drinking as a person and when she was drinking, but she was under mind control because the allegations and the um, outright dirtiness of her words um, towards me after she was triggered into this hateful mindful mode was completely different than when she was uh, human, if you will. So as she would drink, she would trigger into these um, mind control flip outs, if you will. Um, I want to slow things up, like you said, triggers, but you know, uh, triggers mean other. Mind control, MK Ultra, MK, and a K, I think it's either German or play on words. Was uh, German, yeah. Tiff- okay, German. Was Tiffany aware she was a mind control subject, MK Ultra, but did she have any idea? Well, clearly she was fully aware that she was under mind control. She was trying to convey that to me at the time. And she would constantly talk about those sorts of things, of which I was oblivious to. So 
it's a good opportunity for any of your listeners that have no trust in the idea of mind control to follow this part. Because if you don't believe in mind control, I'm right there with you. I didn't believe in it at all. Now, now that I have lived with a, a mind control victim, and now that I spent the last three years studying it, there's no question that the mind control is real. And so, and we're not talking about watching Pepsi commercials or, you know, watching too many movies. We're talking about people who t- are taken from birth, they're raped, tortured, and abused into an MKUltra mind control mindset. Their brain is tortured to the point where they build these, these certain walls of, of amnesia where they don't recognize one person to the other within their own brain. And what really did it for me wasn't that Tiffany told me all these things and then they became true. What did it for me was is when I got the recordings of her therapist, uh, downtown Portland, Jonathan Weedman, and in the recordings that Tiffany made before she was dead, he puts her into mind control, and her voice changes to that of a child. Now, I know that the general public doesn't necessarily believe in mind control, but if you lay out the facts of Tiffany's murder, what you will have is a series of events that took place that cannot be explained. And so because you do have the proof of her mind control by her therapist, which, of course, in Oregon is illegal to mind control somebody, but... In that recording, because Tiffany knew she was going to be killed, she recorded her therapist, and it's all on Google. You can type in Tiffany Jenks, tap, 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 and you can listen to her voice change to a baby. Now, just because you don't know Tiffany, I'm just going to share with you, that's not her voice. That is her changing to a child. And so if you were to put some of these uh, key points together, they would all spell the same thing, which is, uh, you know, it's not necessarily MK Ultra program. That was uh, part of the CIA and, and supposedly uh, or reportedly stopped in the 60s and 70s at, at, at the latest. But the satanic ritual abuse that continues in the Illuminati, they call that monarch mind control slave. Okay, so let me slow it down. Monarch mind control is when individuals are born in a family that is a member of the Illuminati. And what is your opinion or view, John, who is the Illuminati? Well, what are they, in your opinion? Well, I think it's key to note that I'm not an expert on this stuff at all. I've never heard of any of this. But let me say this. Based on three years of being around these people that are experts in it, um, you know, Fritz Springmeier and and David Icke and, and... you know, lots of people who know more than me. Um, of course, the Illuminati is just a group of people with more money than God, and they want to control the world. It's not, a, it's not something that somebody can go, oh, that, that's not true. There's no Illuminati. Pick any word you want. You don't need to call it the Illuminati. You can call it people with money, the Rothschilds, the Bilderbergers, and Tiffany's family, who's related to the R.J. Reynolds tobacco company. The elite, very wealthy, category. What's that? I said high society, pedigree, old money, new money, Hollywood, just money. Exactly. This is, this is people that don't, not only do they want all the money so that me and you don't live to our fullest ability, but they actually have satanic ritual uh, belief systems or you know, follow a path of that that 
doesn't set well with the general public, but it doesn't need to because they rule the world. And, and I know that people don't necessarily believe in that concept, but if you don't think that the top five or ten people of the world have, you know, more than half the money or however much it really is, it, they, they are the leaders and we are the cattle. So the Illuminati to me is, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, did you um, ever meet her family in the course of your relationship? I met her sister on two occasions, one before she was dead and one for about, you know, I don't know, eight minutes after she was dead. I mean, not eight minutes after, but excuse me, for about a couple of weeks after Tiffany was dead or less, maybe, uh, her sister made a token visit to my office to get some of my clues. Of course, none of those clues were ever told in the public eye. But uh, I guess they felt the need to, uh, you know, appease me because I had a plethora of facts to her murder. But I just kept getting told by these people, oh, John, don't worry. You know, it, it, it'll all work its way out in the courts. Don't, don't worry about it. And then as the court case got closer, they were actually setting me up to fail so that I was unable to go to the courts with my evidence. And then um, they actually took me to court to stop me from going to court for the murder, which was weird. That was a restraining order out of Harney County. Uh, but the, the most important part of this is that it's not my story. This is Tiffany's story. I'm presenting the evidence to the public. And there's not even a question of her whether she knew she was going to die or not. Tiffany Jenks knew she was going to die that night on October 8th of 2013. And she told me, she told others. And then when she was dead, I had the evidence that she was going to die, and they didn't want it. What do you think is the main reason that Tiffany was murdered? Well, her father had died in 2010, which, according to the experts, um, now, it's important that people know that, that experts in the Illuminati field, the mind control field, they really do know what they're talking about. Because I'll tell you, when I met Fritz Springmeier and Clyde Lewis, approximately six months after Tiffany had died. To that point, I was still investigating the murder just as, you know, a murder and police corruption and all that. But what was weird was when Fritz Springmeier handed me his book on mind control, it was basically a Bible of Tiffany's life. It was every single thing that I was wondering about why, 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 why. I mean, down to the point where Tiffany used to get a call, and this is something that's verifiable by the gentleman who was in the home where she went to visit, he asked me one day, he goes, John, who's Papa? And I said, what is that? I don't know. Well, Tiffany gets a call from Papa, and she says when she gets a call from that number, she has to go, whatever go means. Well, she gets of a course, phone Papa, call. Let me get this right. She gets a phone call, yeah. and the person says, my name is Papa, P-A-P-A. No, no. She can't. Yeah, exactly. Papa. But basically, the caller ID pops up, mm-hmm. and... The, the gentleman in that rental house, um, a good friend, a long-term friend of mine named Danny Moss, he said to me one day, John, who is Papa in re- reference to Tiffany? And I said, I don't know. What do you, I mean, that's weird. What are you talking about? And so I let it go all the way until I got Fritz Friedmeier's book, and there it is, right in the book. They will have someone they call Papa as their handler. And so, yeah, a handler for my control. And so the bottom line is, is that, Hear all this stuff he was talking about, you know, that the word train means to die in Illuminati. And then Tiffany sent me a, a midnight train to Georgia 
two days before or three days before she was dead. And, it, and the whole song, Midnight Train to Georgia, is an explanation of why she has to go, you know. I mean... I have that song the, on one of my phones. I actually listen to it a lot. It's just life and you just have to play the game. Brooke Benton. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And she sent me that to me. You know, I think what's important is that you take, you take some facts, like, for instance, mm-hmm. Tiffany emailed me she was going to die. That's all the police and the courts and the judge should need to know for a court case to happen, right? I mean, she told me they were going to kill her. And actually, she said us, but putting me aside for a minute. There's no question that these people that killed Tiffany Jenks knew they were going to kill her. The question is, why is everybody lying? And furthermore, what happens to these liar police, liar judge, and liar DA after this case? They don't stop. They don't stop. And so, therefore, we as the public are just getting played. Well, you know, uh, John, when I kept hearing or were actually reading your articles about Tiffany on Facebook, it was um, glimpses into your life, her life, your videos on YouTube. And it was uh, by your writing, this unsettling why, the mystery about all of this. Yes, you met Tiffany. You had a relationship. People are perfect, but you loved her. She loved you. Enough to even share with you, John, I am a mind control monarch. Did she ever say it just straight out, John? I'm a mind control monarch slave. Did she say it kind of like that? Or, I don't know. No, never. No, she never she said it like that. And she was never, she was trying to explain to me stuff about this. In fact, one of her writings, she said to me, she goes, you have no idea who I am. And when you find out, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. Or I'm afraid of what's going to ensue. But what she was telling me was, is that she had issues of her past. Yes, she said she was raped. And yes, you know, nobody really seemed to care about her. And yes, um, she had a very strange relationship with her family. But most importantly, the key to this is that when Tiffany was um, when Tiffany was at her therapist, she told her therapist and she recorded her, herself with her therapist saying not only that they want to kill her, but that when she found out she was a robot, she wanted to die. She took 20 trazodone and she wanted to kill herself. And that goes right in line with the idea that they were trying to kill her. The doctors knew better. She was suicidal. She had gone to the hospital 20 times for suicide. And on top of it, every one of her hundreds and hundreds of pills she was taking said, do not take if you're suicidal. So, okay. So I, she I knew. Know what I'm, I'm listening to this for a minute. I am listening to this. And... I do know, because it was actually, I was born in 1961. Uh, Midnight Train to Georgia, you guys, by the way, if you don't know the song, it's around basically 1968, 1969. I was a small girl, and it was about a year before my father died. I was eight and a half, almost nine. I know the song very well. And I'm just trying to figure out, by her photographs on your post, Tiffany was a very young woman. Why did they, did they want to kill her? because they felt all the time and money and handlers invested. She's not timing out. Is that what their logic is? Because she's a young, beautiful girl. Why would they kill her? 
young, beautiful woman. Well, well, first of all, um, her looks played no role in her murder, but um, let me just say this. Um, when a monarch mind control slave becomes mm-hmm. aware of their programming, they become a huge liability to the cabal or the Illuminati or the New World Order, whatever you want to call them. The group of people who mind control someone else, once they know that this person is becoming aware of their condition or tragedy, whatever you want to call it, they are then a huge risk of liability for the cult. Now, there's no question Tiffany was trying to tell me about her life experience in the Illuminati and my troll. And that together with her father's death, which would have been her handler, and or excuse me, programmer, um, once he died in 2010, she became unmanageable for the mind control, uh, mind control programming that she was under. If you don't have that handler, at, according to Fritz Springmeier and his book, uh, Deeper Insights into the Illuminati, you can read what happens to someone who gets further away from their handler. In fact, in his book, he said that nearly all monarch slaves die at about 34. It's in the book. He wrote it eight years before meeting wow. me, and Tiffany wow. died at 35. That's a short, short life. So that well, the thing is, is what? They're monarch. They're the, you know, the wasp into a butterfly. Does that mean they're groomed for a specific will be met and achieved by the age of well, I would have to believe, and, you know, the, the unique thing about this is that the, the people involved in her mind control aren't talking, right? Because they're, they're, they will never tell the truth about Tiffany. And so we're left with what's left in evidence that I already have. And so that plays a unique role because now the public has this evidence and they have to derive their own conclusions. But what you can see based upon her life is, is that, and you, we don't know for sure, but it seems pretty logical that if she's under mind control and she's in full control of 21 dams, running the, Bonneville, running the Bonneville Dam, running the BPA, Bonneville Power Administration, power grid, that's the 21 dams on the Columbia River that powers both Las Vegas, California, Nevada, Oregon. Uh, but uh, if it's true that she's under mind control, and I 100% believe it is, then the next question is, does the public realize that they have a mind control victim running the dams? And why? Why would they want this, okay? Some people claim it's supposed to be the next 9-11. It's supposed to be the next catastrophic event in America. Now, there's two sides of this that I've come to the conclusion about, and I could be way off base here, that they've now, the evil people that are involved in the Illuminati and mind control, have now tried to infiltrate the churches and make them believe that all of these events, these shootings at schools, 9-11, and all these events are a trigger that God's coming back, okay? And so they're actually using God to their own advantage against, because these are all evil people. You have to know the Illuminati and the New World Order. They are, you know, they're, they're evil. And so they have no business talking in a church. But what they're doing is they're using God as a way to get people who really uh, are more susceptible to believe an action could be something they want to happen, like God coming back. 
And so when a dam occurs, oh, it's God. Or when the 9-11 happens, see, I told you, God's coming. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that the people that go to church should be the most concerned about the evil actions of the Illuminati because these people are evil and they have no business talking to anybody who believes in God. Are they using believers of God, in essence, mind control, in, in your opinion, John, only in your opinion, they are now putting mind control in the churches. That was going on right now. That's- no, they don't even need to do that. They, they don't even need to do that. If I'm a believer of God, Okay. Okay. And, and ten others come along, and they're believers of God too, and okay. they all tell me that 9/11 is part of God coming back. I might almost believe it. So all of these, all this criminality, all this, you know, let's ruin Trump and let's just protest anything possible and let's have Black Lives Matter where black people are getting killed left and right for no reason at all. All of this is supposed to be related to God. It's not. It's criminals killing black people. It's the police and the government that don't listen. KKK never stops. These people never stop hating black people. They have just worked their way into our government, and they're also very well connected to the Illuminati. And, uh, and the whole issue of mind control is, do you believe that the Illuminati, who's evil, and I ha- you have to know this, you have to take my word for it, they're really evil people. I actually do. If you, I do. Yeah, and you should. Because they are. And so if these evil people will set Tiffany, will they use her to their own advantage? Absolutely. And so if they'll use her, now I want people to really uh, hone in on some of these other events. You've got the okay. Florida shooting of the gentleman at the airport, at, at, at the uh, Florida airport shooting. He said that mind control was the issue as to why he killed those people. Okay, now, his story matches that of Gavin Long. Gavin Long was the black man that killed the police shortly after all the black people were getting killed. And Black Lives Matter was coming up, and everybody was starting to grab hold of that with some real, you know, care. And all of a sudden, what do they do? They have the token black guy go kill the police and calm the public down. If you type in Gavin Long... CNN, mind control. Actually, here's the key to this part, though. They didn't call it mind control in their article, and CNN would have never printed this had they known this. It said, Gavin Long was seeking counseling for covert harassment. Covert harassment, for those of you that don't know, is the European version of mind control. And so CNN, they would have never printed this if they were paying attention because they don't want to tell the truth about anything. They don't want to help anybody in, this, in, the, in the mind control world. So here, Gavin Long kills the police, and CNN does an article, and they accidentally write that he was seeking counseling for covert harassment, but they didn't know the definition. Because had they known the definition, the next qualifying question after that was, who mind controlled him? Covert harassment is the equivalent in America to mind control, and Gavin Long, the black gentleman who killed the police in, in Baton Rouge is no more guilty than any other mind control victim. For instance, the one that killed JFK, you know, all these different people, uh, Timothy McVeigh, I believe, when you look in their eyes, they're nuts. Okay? They're not serial <laughs> killers, right? They're all nuts. Why? It's not. Now, I'm not trying to say that I'm not sorry that Gavin Long killed people. I'm 100% sorry that he did. 
but I want the next question to be asked. Why did somebody mind control him to kill the police? And it's simple. It's very simple. Go back to a day before he did that and remember what was happening in America. Americans were coming unglued that the police were killing everybody. And the day that he killed the cops, everybody calmed down, right? Everybody calmed down. And so that was exactly the type of thing the Illuminati would do. Send in somebody they don't care about, mm-hmm. do something to make their it's – it's like David Icke said. He's a he's, you know, famous conspiracy theorist uh, uh, guru and a great – he said, problem, reaction, solution. They have this all worked out. So let's just play this out for a second how this works. America was coming unglued that all these people were getting murdered, specifically more blacks than whites, and that's been typical in America for 50 years. But what did the Illuminati need to do? And first of all, why were they killing all these black people, right? Why were they killing so many people in our streets? Because they're trying to kill us all. They're evil. These people are evil. And so let's say the America's coming unglued. What do we do? Send in a mind control victim to randomly just shoot a bunch of strangers that they never met. Wait a minute, what happened? Oh, you mean he was seeking counseling for mind control? They sure to heck didn't say that. They said he was seeking counseling for covert harassment, which is the equivalent of mind control in Europe, but they didn't know the terminology. And so you can look that up on CNN right now. Now, the next step is 9-11. Do people believe it was an inside job? They do. Tiffany did. And so here's the next and last step that you need to ask. Do you think that maybe, just maybe, just maybe these people could have done something with Tiffany if she was truly under mind control and she was at the highest position running 21 dams? Is that possible, just remotely? Let's just say that she believed in uh, this sinister plan of a new world order. She talked about this with her therapist, and she said, I'm not going to let my hard work go towards somebody else's death. She said, a lot of people are going to die. She said, When I found out I was a robot, I wanted to die. I don't want my hard work to go towards other people's deaths. Okay, so she specifically talked about people dying, and he told her specifically, don't tell anybody who you are, because if you do, that'll make you a target, and targets get shot at first. The importance to that was four days later she was shot, and it it seems odd to me that her therapist was able to say those words And nobody in America or the crooked police that handled this case have yet to say, wait a minute, how did he know she was going to get shot four days later? Now, you could claim that that's just random. Okay, he just said it's a metaphor. You know, it's kind of like when he talked to her about a death wish. A lot of people say, hey, John, he didn't give her a death wish. He was responding to her words. And he said, you want me to give you a death wish. Okay, whatever you want to call that, I'm just thinking that maybe the FBI should concern themselves with therapists that give out death wishes or talk about death wishes, however you want to perceive his words. I perceive it like this. If I pay for therapy and somebody talks to me about a death wish and about getting shot, those two combined, and four days later I'm shot and the death wish came true, he has something I want to talk to him about. That's just my point. So, um... Do you feel, again, she's a threat. Tiffany Tiffany realized the family she's born into great wealth and what we're getting a glimpse at tonight 
with, oh, well, it used to be the saying, and the Kennedys used to say, with much, much is given, much is expected. But most of us, you know, working poor people had no idea. Families that come from great wealth are groomed into this Illuminati, which is sort of a rich man's um, members-only club. Now, a lot of the cops attain wealth, but they're not at that pedigree level. Are they sort of like the gargoyles for the Illuminati, sort of the guards, the watchdogs? Well, often people say that the um, the police are only there to keep the, the poor people in place and um, protect the rich from any... Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's, it's, you know, okay, so it's from justice, right? So the police are the ones actually actively stopping the case from getting solved. See, I, don't, I, didn't, I never asked them to do anything because it was clear right away that they were lying. But in Tiffany James' murder, they're actually hindering prosecution. So now not only are they not, not, not solving the murder, which is their paid tax-paid job, but when I went to make FOIA requests for public documents um, that still to this day have never been filled, nor will they ever to me, for me, uh, it was clear that they are hindering prosecution. If you take the Fairview, Oregon Police Department, where I have called on numerous occasions to get the video or audio of her, of Tiffany, at the bar that night with her killers, because I have some things that will prove 100% without question. Uh, I'd like to share what one of those things are. If I was given the video from the bar where Tiffany left to die, I would be able to prove that the police lied. And I know they're going to have a makeup story for this one because I'm telling you what it is that I I would know that they lied about. And and you'll see in real time how they're going to lie. But the Fairview Police Department, what they will do is they will show you a video or a old picture of the killer, Daniel Burnell, in a beard. Okay, he has facial hair. That's the picture of Tiffany's killer, Daniel Burnell, who's in prison right now. But what the Fairview Police Department does not want you to know is, and I'm just taking a wild hunch here, but I'm willing to bet $5,000, is that the Fairview Police Department's lying. That picture was not his arrest picture, nor was that his picture any time during the time in which he killed Tiffany. They used that photo from an old police lineup, maybe, you know, years prior, four or five years before that, but that picture of Tiffany's killer, Daniel Burnell, with the beard, is not the photo get arrested. Oh, John, our, 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 our audio is getting muted or some kind of distorted. The night Tiffany died. Okay, so what I was saying was is that I had close of Daniel Burnell. Are you there? I'm there. Yeah, it seems like they're distorting your audio for a minute. Okay, I want okay. to go ahead and slow this down a little bit. Is that better? Uh, that's better. Let me make sure so we're all on the same page. Just a little bit slower. You met a beautiful woman named Tiffany. And Tiffany was murdered October, the month of October, 2013. Um, you had ups and downs as a relationship, but again, she cared for you, you cared for her. She didn't tell you in detail, although you know she came from a wealthy family, you had no idea of the, the Illuminati or she was abused or even if that 
where Tiffany was, uh, in fact, a monarch, a product of monarch. When did she, in fact, if you can recall, John, realized she was a robot? I mean, was it like over dinner? Did she just kind of say something, I don't know who I am, I feel like a robot, or what was it? Well, she told her therapist that months after her father had died, okay. she became aware that she was a robot. And wow. she said when she found out, she wanted to die. Because she, she took 20 she, she was groomed. I had not met her yet. You had not met her? Oh. Yes, she said her whole life was a scam. I hadn't met her yet because uh, her dad died in 2010. I met her in 2012. And so when I met her, she was extremely troubled about something. And out of control in terms of pills, pills, and more pills. When I met what type, her, what type of pills? Trazodone, um, pills that make you oblivious to the world you live in. I'm not, I don't know exactly all of them. I have a list, but um, the bottom line was is that other than her seizures, which she did have seizures, I was not willing to date her or be her close friend if she abused these pills. I took her to treatment twice, okay? And um, she agreed and did completely, 100% stop every single pill. That is probably why she is dead. Because they knew whether she would mind control, ability to control her. The fact that her... You see what I'm saying? So as she became sober... Okay, okay. As she became sober, that was a detriment to her mind control ability. They could not pull her back. Now... The 12 months prior to me meeting her in 2012, where she lived with Richard Lovett, her handler slash Illuminati friend, mm-hmm. Richard Lovett claimed that Tiffany Jenks was just fine, fine, fine. Just, you know, she, got, she went downhill when she met me. Well, nothing could be further from the truth because, and, and this is what's so funny, he keeps changing his story. Now his latest story is that he was traveling for that year, so he didn't know that Tiffany was that bad off. But that's just another one of his lies. But let me say this. Tiffany had $192,000 in suicides and pills for the 12 months prior to me knowing her. So when I met her and I found this out, I became, I was like, no, no, no. I won't even know somebody who has $192,000 in suicide attempts or pills. That's just not something I'm willing to have in my life. She agreed that that was uh, pathetic and that she knew she wanted to die and that she changed her ways. Now, the more she got away from her, uh, you know, I mean, roommate, Richard Lovett, the clearer her mind became. And here's the thing, Iran this is the latest. Oh, she, she. Okay, you're fading again audibly. I can't hear you. Uh, this Richard guy was her handler and roommate. They were not lovers, just uh, platonic friends. Is that correct? Hello? Yeah, let me try this here. Hold on. Okay. 
Is this better? Oh, much better, John. Are you there? I want to make sure I'm here. Can okay, you good. hear me? Am I clear to you? Yes, 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 you're perfect. Okay. Because I just, I, there's one thing I kind of want to bring up. In your, after, after 2012 when you met Tiffany, while you're dating her and you, both of you together, your love, were you not the sort of separation from Tiffany and her handler anyway? So I'm sure this guy was kind of pissed, am I right? She's spending more of her time with you. She 100%. cares with you. Yeah, she, so that, yeah. that's right. She, she disappeared with me and... um they didn't know what to do. And, and if you think about it back then, like when she did finally go back to being around any of these other people that she was around, she would mm-hmm. be back on the pills again. And so she would be in sort of a uh, sad, you know, I know I messed up attitude, you know, kind of like, I'm sorry. But as with all monarch slaves, they always disappear for periods of time. That's just common. They all disappear. And in fact, later in other monarchs that they sent to me um, to help derail my uh, relationship and or solving the murder, they sent other monarchs in. Um, they too were missing time So because I befriended these people. So there are certain traits of a monarch mind control victim that they have that nobody else has. And, and, and I mean, collectively, the things that they do and and the way they act are unique unto themselves. This is not a case of somebody who's bipolar. This is not a case of somebody who lost her way. This is a case of Tiffany went to her therapist. He hypnotized her. He told her she's going to die or that she not to tell anybody or she'll get shot or the exact words. And uh, then she was shot. And then I'm going to make go back a little bit. This psychiatrist was on the payroll of the Illuminati. He was one of the bad guys, correct? Probably, yes. Absolutely, 100%. Okay. Whether Does he was paid or not, I don't know. I, I believe that these people are so into it. Like, if you can look at how people believe in God, it's almost the same, except this is satanic. So they're fighting between their good and evil, which happens mm-hmm. to be anybody that's uh, not like them. Uh, What's that called? Marxism, I believe. Anybody who's not like them. And then there's the people who believe in God that are fighting for good. So these people don't necessarily have to be on the payroll. They just have to believe what they're doing is right. Because the person that was that confided in me that's related to her, that cared enough to tell the truth, not one. And see, you can't you can't deny that specific parts of my story are true or not. Okay, here's an example. Tiffany was dead, and she emailed me before she died. They were going to kill her three different times. That was never used in court. Before Tiffany died, she went to her. She went to the bar that night. She told the bartender, "My life is over," and they didn't use that at all in the court. And so. It's no longer a question of right or wrong. If the, poli- if the people entrusted in caring for Tiffany, like let's say her family, if they don't care that she said she was going to die, then they're actually helping the killers because now you have no premeditated murder, right? Right. When you don't have a premeditated murder, the difference of it is, is 13 months versus 25 years. So Tiffany's killers got two of them, got 13 months. 
for murder. And, and um, that's only because her family is lying about the clues to this murder. Now, I guess you could say they're not lying if they don't give them to the police. I don't know. But you could imagine when she died, I was giving them all the clues as fast as I got them. There's no question that they were telling me, and I have the emails, they were telling me, John, don't worry, the courts will work it out, blah, blah, blah. But they never did. And so when you look at why they were lying to me, it was to stop me from solving the murder all along. And uh, as far as her therapist goes, whether the public thinks he had a moral obligation to come forward with what he knew about Tiffany Jenks's murder or not, I don't know. But to me, when he talked to her about dying, and in fact, in the recordings you can hear if you go to um, go to Google and you just type in Tiffany Jenks therapist, and what you will hear is a series of recordings that he made with Tiffany, and that I ended up getting through my investigation because she had my phone. But in these recordings, what you're going to hear is Tiffany's therapist saying, "You don't have a lot of time left. If what you're telling me is true, you ain't got much time." You need to clean up your shit and get it going. And so he knew she was going to die. He should have came forward with that information shortly after her death. Now I want to make sure with the medication and she was kept under control, John, could Tiffany still um, do her job and do her job well? Because I'm just thinking in my mind, if they compartmentalize these monarch slaves, when she was on to perform her task, did she, was she doing a fantastic job? or did 100%. Her, that's what I had a feeling. If it's robotic, it would only access that area to produce job-wise. And that way, she probably came off very credible, probably did her job very credible. No one had any clue exactly. that she had issues. Uh, just, as, just as the young woman you met and had uh, you know affections for it. she came off as what the perfect woman the perfect girlfriend it wasn't you know what I mean they can really access you know right. what thank you robotic everyone it's a uh, it's not quite an actor I would call it the best factor but it re- but all actors require an intermission so even at best the altars require sort of like uh, like you said disappearing acts they almost have to kind of do a ghost on you and disappear to sort of get back. Right? They have to take a break? Is that what's going on with Monarch Space? They have to just take a break. Well, I think it's actually, I, yeah, or the reverse of that. They had to reaffirm her programming. Had she not gone back to uh, be around Richard Lovett, her okay. programming would not have been reaffirmed. What you have is you have people that are actually actively trying to create a mind control slave. Okay. And then Tiffany, who fell into my lap, and I had no idea of this stuff. So she was fighting the world, and it just so happened that ended up also including me because I was fighting her with her drinking. But what you have is, if you could imagine you meet this person, mm-hmm. and you care about her just like she's your mother or your sister or your loved one. Okay. And out of the blue, she's on your roof yelling at the top of her lungs at 3 in the morning. You're like... Wow. What are you doing? What possibly could you be doing on my roof? Okay, she's trying to get in. I mean, they they have the ability to do anything. Now, let's look at Gavin Long, the gentleman who killed in Baton Rouge. He was a perfect guy. He was serving in the military. He did his job. He went to Kuwait or whatever. And then all of a sudden, he's a murderer. 
Let's look at Timothy McVeigh. I think he was the same way. Let's look at the people who killed JFK. Same thing. Let's look at the guy who just killed in Florida. He even told you he was under mind control. And so what you have is at some point, some things go wrong. But let's pretend for a minute that they didn't go wrong. Let's pretend for a minute that they didn't go wrong. What would have happened at Tiffany's job had they kept her under mind control? We don't know. That's up to the FBI to investigate, not John Captain. Tiffany Jenks gave me a plethora of clues to this case. They are desperately seeking to keep them secret. Now, they don't require anybody to understand mind control. All you need to understand is, did Tiffany die the way the police are telling? No. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. When you got that sudden call that Tiffany is dead, and in essence, it was called a murder. Is that right, John? It was called a murder. Yeah, I, that's not really uh, – I'll explain how um, that all transpired um, that night. Uh, on October 9th, um, I got a call from a girl named Mercedes uh, who works at a restaurant as a, as a waitress where I eat breakfast every morning. And um, Mercedes is also an alcoholic and would have Tiffany drink with her, which was um, extremely hurtful and made me angry. But she called me on the phone and she goes, John, have you seen Tiffany? And I'm like, no, why? What's going on? I always told her no anyways, even though I had saw her the night before. She goes, well, Tiffany was at the bar last night and they're really worried about her. And, and there's a girl that's been killed at Blue Lake Park or something that and, and she was really talking to me like in a sense where something was really wrong, okay? And so as this went along, um, as this went along, the phone call, and she was at the bar where Tiffany was killed from. So she didn't know Tiffany was dead. So she was Googling or she was going on Tiffany's uh, base, Facebook account and it said, rest in peace. By this time, I had made it over to the and I was Googling what she had told me about some girl at Blue Lake Park. And she told me, you know, oh, my God, Tiffany's dead. And we were both freaking out on the phone. And I think this is – now, whether this part was a setup on my, on my part or not, I don't know. But so I get that call. And um, what's key to that is this. The next step the public needs to know. One of the most important things um, – in police integrity is certainly telling the truth, I would imagine. And I called the number on the article that was written because I was Googling this Fairview murder that, that, that uh, Mercedes was informing me about. The number was specific. I called it from my cell phone. Okay. So I said to um, Mercedes, hold on a second. And I put her on hold because she was at the bar and it was loud there. I dialed the non-emergency number that was listed on the article about the girl dead at Blue Lake Park, and Mercedes had got done telling me that it said rest in peace on Tiffany's Facebook. So I concluded, and me and her together, that that was Tiffany. Now, I call the number, and the police people answer, and I said, uh, you know, this is the boyfriend of the girl, and by the, I'm crying, and I'm freaking out, right, at the time, as you can imagine. And I said, I'm just trying to... T- the story about, you know, uh, or I'm trying to tell you that Tiffany was at the bar last night and that's my girlfriend and I guess she's dead and oh my God and all that. Now, and if anybody wants to pull that call from the 911 center, that'd be great. 
but Fairview won't give me anything. But in that call, I said, ma'am, it was a woman. I don't, I don't remember exactly what I said because it's been three years. But I said, I said to her, because um, I was freaking out, I have the girl on the other line that's at the bar, but it's loud at the bar, and I want you to talk to her with us on the phone. But because it's loud, I'm telling you the story first, and then I'll click over, and we'll all be on the phone together so you can hear her side of the story, okay? Okay, so I said that twice because the lady's like, okay, slow down. What now? My girlfriend's the one that was killed at Blue Lake Park. There's a girl on the other line, and she has the story because she's at the bar where Tiffany was last night, and she's dead at Blue Lake Park. I'm going to click her on the line. Three-way call, right? Okay, so there's no question who called the police. I did. So I clicked Mercedes on the phone. The lady from the 911 talks to both of us, mostly listens to her story, and unbeknownst to me, the police later claim that Mercedes called the police. Now, why does that matter? Why it matters is this. They did not tell the truth in any of the paperwork ever because they did not want me to be a witness in this murder. Who called the police to tell them that Tiffany was at that bar? Me. I did. It was my phone. My number dialed it. The records will support that. The, the words that I just spoke to you are probably within 10 degrees of identical to what I told the 911 operator that night when I called the police, uh, Fairview non-emergency number that was listed on the article off the internet. And there's no question I called the police. So why are the police lying and saying Mercedes called? Because they don't want me to be a witness because I was the only person that Tiffany confided in, well, one of two, that was fighting for her justice, see? See, because... The family's not caring that I call the police because they have a narrative that's not the same as mine. My only part in this is to tell the truth about her murder. Their only part is to stop me. What would be the reason to stop you? Because that would jeopardize the Illuminati. Uh, well, most efficient. Yeah, and I mean, look, well, because they're they, they have a god that they, um, and I'm just speaking in general terms here. They have a mm-hmm. God that they praise, and okay. that God is a satanic devil-worshipping... Um, that's why they have satanic ritual abuse. Anybody who mind-controls Tiffany in the first place can't be that good of a person. And now that she's dead, they're only mm-hmm. one step away from getting away with it. Now, I have to ask the public, if you can truly believe in mind control, and I know that it's a big leap because it took me six months after she died to even understand any of this. So I get that. And I had a plethora of information that Tiffany left behind and it took all of it to get me to understand what she was saying until I met somebody who knew more than me. But if you worship a satanic cult, you'll do anything for them. If you will mind control a human, you will certainly, certainly, certainly lie about John captain. And so Just step by step, let me ask you this. Who called the police to report that Tiffany was at the bar? I did. Why are they lying? That's up to you to decide. Now, I want to make sure I understand something. They wanted to suppress all of this because they'll do anything to protect the Illuminati, their god, which is the satanic ritual. Lucifer. Lucifer. Sure. Okay. 
you were, like you said, uh, a man, healthy young man, working in society, you know, the American dream. By meeting, especially after the murder of Tiffany, John, did you become a targeted individual? Or how has your life been these past three years? Well, I mean, I think it's a great thing to stand up for what you believe in as an American and as a Native American. And um, I always say this, right? I never feel bad about doing the right thing. And I don't look at the door when I hold it open to see what, who's, you know, whether they're a Muslim or a gay or black or white. I don't look at the door when I hold the door open for somebody. I just don't. Uh, I care about everybody, period. Now, that's not to say that I don't make mistakes, but this is not about me. And that's what's unique about this case, right? They actually go out of their way to demonize me so that they get away with murder. That's weird. And so if you take any element of this case and you say, well, what about the person coming forward with clues? Isn't he a federally protected witness to a murder? Well, not to the Illuminati. I'm not. I'm the devil. In fact, they took me to court to stop me from telling the truth about the murder. And see, they're having a really hard time because I left America and, and, mm-hmm. I, and um, I left America. I went back about a month ago for a radio show in California. <coughs> Excuse me. But, um, and I'm not saying that I had to leave America to stay alive. However, I do know that the satanic people that are lying about Tiffany's murder, they will lie about anyone. They will stop anyone from telling the truth. And, and all you have to do is ask yourself, are you happy with the way America is going right now? Are you, and I'm not saying that you in particular, but there's a lot of people getting hurt. And the idea of, uh, let me say about the targeted individuals, first of all, a targeted individual is probably a little strong of a word to say for me. Am I targeted? Yes, 100%. Uh, so there's no question that they're trying to stop me. But really the term targeted individual is more a term that's reserved for people who are under attack and may even have um, perpetrators and chips in their head and or um, have been, you know, specifically targeted. I I don't really consider myself to be one of them. However, are they trying to stop me? 100%. They're trying to stop me. I guess what I was saying is your life was probably, John, going okay, but by your inquiry into the mishandle. Uh, legal system surrounding the murder of your girlfriend, Tiffany Jinks, did that sort of put you highlighted and now there's like police coming after you. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So games, yeah. talking. Yeah. Without you know a doubt. what I'm trying to say? Course, you put them yes. sort of, you're on yes. the map now. You're sort of highlighting. you asking too many questions. Without a question. Without a question. Uh, I was blocked from going to the courtroom, which is illegal, by the way, and later that was uh, changed. I was, um, you cannot block somebody from going to a court case. However, What's unique about me and my situation was I fought them at every level, and most people don't get to do that. And, um, but so here's how it went. Tiffany gets killed, and for the first you know, month, they, they're trying to figure out a way to frame me. That didn't work. For and so, her murder? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I was set up on her murder initially. And, and the way that you'll be able to tell this very easily is this. After Tiffany was killed, two of her killers – Michelle Warden Rosie and Joshua Robinette drove the car that they drove Tiffany in to Kelso, Washington to hide out in a motel room with the nine year old daughter. Now, the police got the call from me. Remember, it was me who called the police, not Mercedes. 
They got the call from me with Mercedes on the phone, and we proceeded to tell the police that the killers were at the bar last night. This was October 9th. By October 9th, the two of the three killers had ran off to Washington State to hide out. Now, they ran off, and for 10 days, even though the police knew who the killers were, this is why one of the, ones, one of the ways the public should be outraged, because they knew who the killers were, they didn't stop and arrest them. They tried to claim that they didn't have enough evidence, but they had her leaving with them, and she was never seen again. Uh, exactly 19 minutes before she was dead. Okay, so let me uh, let me slow down here. So Tiffany's killers killed her at 2:30 a.m. The police had CCTV footage on October the 9th that proved that Tiffany left that bar with the three killers at 19 minutes before she was dead. So at 2.11 a.m. on October the 8th, 2013, Tiffany got into a car, a 2008 black CTS Cadillac, with three people, which made the car have four people. The four of them drove to Blue Lake Park where Tiffany was killed, and she was dead 19 minutes later. Now, because hindsight is 20-20, let's look at it like this. Uh, hold on one sec. You talk for a second. I got a call. Just one second. This is when we're going to wind down soon. So if there's uh, specific questions for tonight, I'll go ahead and start a. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. That's okay. Oh, okay. I got interrupted no, no, by no. the phone. I want to make and so, sure to, to, yeah. to understand something slowly. So then you must have had, uh, in legal terms, John, an airtight alibi that absolutely there's no way you would have murdered Tiffany. And by your blogs well, and videos, not only do I feel affection for this woman that you love, there's no way I possibly even believe you would ever have murdered her. I don't. You seem to well, be very indignant about the even... injustice of this. There's no way I believe you murdered her. Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, yeah, not only that, but um, here's what's weird, right? The police never asked me what I did the minutes after Tiffany left. And see, I went to college for criminology, and uh, so imagine, I've never had somebody die, but, but I do know this. If I'm showing the Oregon State Police a video of Tiffany at my home telling me she's going to die, and the police are investigating the murder, and we can all agree that the you know, prime suspect would be the abusive ex-boyfriend, as her sister said. Wouldn't the police ask me where I went after she left my home? That's how her sister describes you as the abusive ex-boyfriend. So you weren't seeing, you weren't, you weren't really involved with Tiffany at the time of her death, or you were just friends. Well, um, I the the truth of the matter is, we were definitely broke up at that time when she died. However, that's because they were putting her back under mind control and prepping her for her spiritual enlightenment slash murder. Um, there were disturbing emails coming from Tiffany during that entire time that told me that she was in trouble. She was not okay. And I, and I responded with, you know, Tiffany, what's, what are you talking about? Even up until the day she died, she emailed me and, you know, if people wouldn't have lied, things would have been much different and I'll never see you again. And uh, my life is over. They're going to kill me. I mean, and all of these emails are listed on my uh, Facebook page, 
John S. Captain, which people are more than welcome to go check out. But um, I'm going to pull up uh, some of the emails as we talk, and I'll share them with you folks. But and, and here's what's important to note also. Tiffany's killer had her had his phone number in her phone. So the idea that she did not know her killer, Joshua Robinette, is not possible. So the idea that um, I had a ton of evidence from day one, and these people like Richard Levitt and Tiffany's family were stopping me from telling the truth in the murder by trying to get me hung up in the courts, right? By trying to, they set police to my house, you know, all this crap. They were clearly trying to stop justice in this murder. And I believe that's why we have a crime of, of, uh, of uh, tampering with a federal witness to a murder. Now, if they're able to harass me like they are and stop me from telling the truth in a murder, then isn't that a crime? If not, it certainly should be. It actually is. And, and you cared about Tiffany. How does your life on your Facebook, in your videos, what do you want to see really happen, John, about Tiffany James? What do you want to see? More I, I, I want I want <laughs> Trey Gowdy, Congressman Trey Gowdy, Congressman Jason Chaffetz, or Donald Trump, one of those three, to just call me and say, you know what, we're going to look into this. Because to me, they're the only ones that have integrity. There's nobody in Oregon that can tell me we care, that works for the government, that says we care, we're going to look into this. I, I know the evidence will speak for itself. I know for sure Tiffany is worth the time. So I want somebody with some integrity in our government to say, okay, here's this guy who's getting railroaded by the, by the Oregon police and, and Fairview police who are clearly lying. And uh, I want somebody just to say, you know what, we will look into her murder. That's all. I mean, and then with that, and then with that, once they do, in the end, what I hope to happen is all of America will know that mind control is real because that's the biggest leap they need to make. I mean, they, once the public begins to make that leap and they understand that Tiffany was running the dams under mind control, I truly believe the rest of this will take its own course. And in the end, the only course left is to help others under mind control. Uh, that opens up one question that I really have. If Tiffany realized that she was a robot after her father died, just hypothetical question, John, and she had a key position, 21 dams, hypothetically, how many people in the United States are in high pivotal positions that may be mind controlled? Because just the things you described, wasn't Kanye West probably a victim of mind control? The way he acted at that concert and he had to go to the nut house and he's come back and people are like, he's not the same. Something's wrong with Kanye. He's not the same. Sure. Well, you know, Britney Spears is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so many. Here's the thing, right? It's not that these people, it's not that Tiffany didn't leave a plethora of information behind that she was under mind control because all you have to do is go to Google and type in Tiffany Jenks therapist and it'll come out. And that's just one part of it. There's lots more. But my point is if Tiffany was under mind control and she was, once the public understands that simple part, 
you can then have a commission set up just like they did back when MKUltra was being investigated by JFK, President uh, John F. Kennedy. When he was investigating the MKUltra program provided or created by the CIA and, and uh, all that, at that time, then he was killed. By who? A mind control victim. Duh. So what I'm asking the public to do is one at a time learn that mind control is real. Once we know it's real, we ask Jason Chaffetz and Trey Gowdy together to say, don't these ideals or proofs that we have deserve a second look? Because if we know for sure the government had the capability of mind control back in the 60s and 70s, and supposedly they stopped it, don't you think evil people kept it going? And then they put that evil people in the position of dams? Duh. Well, um, I was just going to, you know, I want something, reiterate something really quick, not only with John having me, our speaker tonight, but with the audience. When some of you may even feel we know a lot of this, uh, how is this connected to human trafficking? When you are a monarch or MK ultra mind control that has what made you into a robot, in essence, they've taken a human being, don't you see, and trafficked you into a thing, i.e. a robot, to, per, to perform something for me. And in the case of Tiffany, it was to perform, well, one of the things for sure, she had a key position over 21 dams. But we know that they can be mind controlled for various things, and it's trafficking. Britney Spears, I'm mind controlling you to sing and promote this image and sell records. Kanye West, you're going to write these songs, and I'm going to harness you, and you will probably won't get all the money I'll give you, but I need your creativity. That would be intellectual property. They want to own you. Any type of robot is trafficking because they're they're making uh, they're utilizing you. Uh, non-consensually, of course. Well, without a doubt. And, and I mean, you talk about slavery back mm-hmm. in... Um, yeah, yes, that's what it's like, yeah. Back in the, but, but what's worse about this is, is that it's not a particular race. So no, we don't no. know when Gavin Long gets sent to go do this. I believe somebody needs to investigate Gavin Long in relation to mind control because I believe that... I'm not saying he's innocent by any means. I believe he did it. But why? Somebody needs to reach out to his family and tell them, do you know the, the definition of covert harassment? And well, we need to start draw- Yes, we do. Because, John, I can tell you, we, my sister and I didn't ask for this. Ask the audience and many millions on this planet. As, as, and I hate that word, targeted individual. I like to call myself persecuted saint. But, you guys, <laughs> yeah. All of you, really. I don't care if we're, you know, if we're a baker, a shoemaker, a therapist. We were all what productive in our jobs, and all of a sudden we're being stalked by, you know what I mean, by the neighbors and mobs of people, and then they want to label us schizophrenia. But something just doesn't add up. No one works a job or profession. Some of us, twenty five, thirty years, and then we're crazy. That even sounds. That's right. Yeah. Well, not only what that. What kind of pathology like, okay. is that? They would have already seen that. No one, we already know mentally, sure. really mentally ill people can't do, what's the word I want to say, stability long. It takes a lot of discipline to go day in and day out, 40 hours or more a week, or or pay the That's mortgage right. off, 
or pay the rent on time and your electrical bill and answer your Christmas card. Trust me, truly mentally ill people cannot keep doing the soul drumming. They can't. It's a routine. It's difficult. And that's what we all have. That's, you know, that's a farce too. Yeah. We are living in a very uh, unique time because, Mm. you know, Kathy O'Brien who is definitely a monarch mind control slave who has come out to the public and uh, bless her husband, uh, Mark Phillips. Um, But they lived in a time where they didn't have as much evidence and as much ability to tell their story as they do now. They are blessed. And so am I, but a little later, of course, because Tiffy's dead, but they are blessed with the idea that they helped change the world forever. Now, do I believe that Tiffany's story will change the world forever? Absolutely. Do I believe that they want to stop me from telling her truths? Absolutely. I, that's what I take most offense to, really, that they don't care that she told me she was going to die. That's, that's the part that you can't get over with her family. It's not that they don't care about me because I don't really care about them. I mean, I don't care either way. I love them because they're Tiffany's family, but I hate the idea that they're liars, right? And so... You know, my love for Tiffany makes me feel sad for them, and, and it should, because she loved them, and she loved them, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's really messed up, but, but, but putting that aside, what's worse about it is, is that they're lying. Now, I have true belief that her nephews and nieces, when they become of age, which they're not yet, when they become of age, one of them will want to know the truth about Tiffany Jenks' murder. And they will question whether the mind control thing is real. They will question as to whether the, what they have been taught from birth is a fair way for the rest of the world. It's like, you know, you know how you have a woman's day in, in America and, and they stop working to prove a point? Everybody mm-hmm. in the world has a woman in their life. I have a mother. You have a mother. So on. I have a sister. I have eight aunts. You can, you, can, you can create any kind of mess you want by having all women stop working altogether and prove that women have value because, of course, they do. But when you don't tell the truth, and, and I use this as a parallel to, or as a, you know, kind of like an ex- explanation, these people are creating their own stuff, but they're not telling us what they're doing. And so they're creating all the same sort of uh, messes, but the difference is, we don't know they're doing it. If you mind control somebody to do something and, you, and the rest of the world doesn't even know it's happening, don't be surprised when something happens, okay? And, and I say that when you talk about like the, you know, heck, we could all take a day off. That'd be great. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. But I just, I just think that um, with Tiffany's case, what you have is they're using secrets to prove their point. They're not the truth and uh you know i what you know what i'd really like to see i'd really like to see um martin luther king day include monarch slaves because he talks about slavery a lot because tiffany's birthday is the same birthday as mlk day um martin luther king day january 19th but i believe his is like january something but when i when i went to new york to try to get help for her story Martin Luther King Day that year fell on her birthday. 
and it was so ironic because here she's a monarch slave and and uh martin luther king is um of course the you know the one that brought slavery to its knees if you will to stop it from happening they'll let you get away with anything you want clearly did you um what is the purpose of them sending other women your way? Is that to get you distracted? Well, yeah, of course. It doesn't have to be women. It can be anybody. Are these these honeypots, do they look like Tiffany? Are they trying to send someone that you would find desirable? Well, yeah, they said tons of people to me. I mean, and uh, yeah, I'm vulnerable. And before I knew what a mind control victim was, it was a lot mm-hmm. easier for them. Now it's not possible. It's no longer possible. And, and in fact, it actually was a blessing. So I'd like to thank them for doing that because a lot of them became my friends and I was able to decode their rape, tortures and abuse from age three on. So it didn't really, it kind of backfired on them. In fact, if you type in Tiffany Jenks murder, Drew, D-R-E-W, you will see a girl walking by my store. Uh, this is on Google, by the way. Uh, Drew, for one, spent months around me. She's a 30-year-old girl, and she was helping me with the murder and, and my writing and all that. Well, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that. And I didn't meet her until six months after Tiffany died. But I didn't know she was uh, uh, sent there the night Tiffany died. I had no idea. But I will say this. When I met her, she was going to college and doing very well. They took her from Portland State University, downtown Portland, to call out for her their own needs, and now her life has never been the same, and um, it's likely she will be killed, I wouldn't doubt, because of how gross these people really are. She never went back to college ever after this. She was there every day for three years. She loved college. She loved everything about it. The mind control pulled her to me. Once I decoded the fact that she was a mind control victim, they ruined her. And to this day, she's never went back to college. So I want to make sure I get this real quick in a nutshell. As long as they got you as a robot, they can work with you. But the minute you start deprogramming it, in essence, you become like a a, a drag to them, not as useful to independent. Well, well. Here's what happens. Once they are found out to be a mind control victim by me, they no longer can use my computers or touch my stuff, you know, give me advice. See, because they sent in about 10 different mind control victims to me after Tiffany died, uh, clearly for the sole reason of derailing my case in court or stopping me from solving the murder or deleting or trying to stop me from any help okay so i would tell this person that i didn't know like for instance drew let's take drew as an example uh i would say drew i'm going to meet with clyde lewis at the radio show on tuesday and then um somehow something would get canceled and i wouldn't meet clyde lewis on tuesday or uh i'd say hey drew i'm going to write this letter to my indian tribe my native american tribe and i want you to go to the post office for me and send it you know and then it would never arrive at the post office so they would never get it. And so they have millions of ways, and these people are really good. They're really good. But they have millions of ways to stop me from solving the murder, and they used all of them. So what I did was I always relied upon myself. 
I never relied on them. Once I knew they were under mind control, I would um, disassociate and not allow them to touch anything of mine. But once that happened, they were pushed into insanity. And what is sad is if anybody is an investigative journalist out there and they went to Portland State University and they talked to her professors and could ever try to explain to these professors why this girl went three years of college and all of a sudden disappeared, I'm telling you why she disappeared because of mind control. And uh, she is just one of, the, one of the examples of many that they sent to derail my murder investigation. And in the end, it derailed her life. Uh, you know, she'll never be the same. And I don't say that in a positive way. I think it's horrible and it's sad. And it's no different than Tiffany's life. They are dispendable or disposable. And uh, I don't want to see anything negative happen to any of them, monarch mind control victims. They are truly victims. But what I do find odd is, even when, okay, so here's how it happened with Drew. I got a text from the gentleman that's walking in the video. If you type in Tiffany Jake's murder, Drew, you'll see Drew walking by my store the night Tiffany died with her boyfriend. His name is Biko. One time he texted me because Drew was missing, of course, always missing time. And I said, hey, is this you? And he said, yes. So now I had confirmation that Drew was outside my store the night Tiffany died, okay? Now that I know for sure she was involved at whatever level you want to call it, setting me up on this murder, but or setting Tiffany up on the murder, whatever, <clears throat> but six months later, I supposedly accidentally met her at Goodwill, that's not possible. She was sent to me, as like you said, as a lure to try to stop me from solving the murder. And while I was in court with Tiffany's family, magically they were getting all the stuff I was going to use in court. And I never could figure out why. They even had my secret emails that I sent to my congressman. And I said, I said to the Judge Kramer in, in Harney County Courts, how are you allowing them to have stolen emails from me as evidence? My own email to my own senator, how did they get this? And, you know, he never had to answer a thing. So Never answered a thing. So even with your solid evidence to prove the murderers of Tiffany, our United States court system stayed corrupt and basically guided her murder trial the way they wanted it. Is that correct? Like perverting the justice? Yes, that's right. That's right. It, here's the thing, right? Until I see Jason Chaffetz or Trey Gowdy, they're okay. We will look at this. I don't trust a single court member in Oregon, a single police officer in Oregon, any of them. I can't trust any of them. Now, or, or a Native American tribe. If a Native American tribe came to me and says, we know you're Native American, we know you were railroaded, we are going to overview this case for you, I would be so happy. But here's the thing. Did the courts lie? 100%. Did the killers get out of jail because they lied? 100%. And that should concern America because the shooter who's still in jail said that the ones that are out of jail made their first murder at age nine. So the two killers that are out of jail right now for Tiffany's murder, the shooter that's still in jail said, 
Well, they told me they made their first murder at age nine. So here you have people that are willing to kill all along and uh, are not being held accountable. Why is Judge Cantor not telling the truth in this murder? Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Clearly, that, that this cult has a lot of power. Yes, they have resources and power. And it is a cult. It feels like a cult. That's all of us. Has it taken over America? Does it rule America? Yes, 100%. 100%. Look at how, and I'm not trying to get into politics here. It could be anybody. But look at how they're dealing with Trump. This is the cult in action. This is the people who are trying to stop him. They don't want, look what happened when Black Lives Matter mattered. Black Lives Matter mattered. Black but matter. look what happened. Because you know what, what happened? say it like that. What happened to Black Lives Matter? It's like they disappeared. Look at let's what go, happened when there. Black Lives Matter mattered. Yeah, they sent in the Gabby to stop them. <laughs> They're gone. They what happened to Forrest's body that Trey Gowdy wanted? It disappeared, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The it's bottom difficult. line is this. When Black Lives Matter mattered, right, they mm-hmm. sent in a black guy to bring down Black Lives Matter. How perfect. Oh, they sent a black guy? They sent a black guy? They sent a black guy? Gavin Long. Gavin Long. Oh, oh my Gavin God. Long. They sent in a mind control victim to kill the police so the public would calm the F down. Remember when Black Lives Mattered? Everybody was coming and glued that black people were getting killed in America. The following week, they sent a black guy to kill the police so everybody would calm down. And it worked. Well, oh, well they, well, I know they want to call Chicago a, a, a sanctuary city, but you guys are about an hour from Chicago, and I've been there too much with my sister. Chicago is a sacrifice city because everybody's killing black people. There's not an hour that goes by that someone is not murdered yeah. in Chicago. And that's the truth. Yeah, but, yeah, well, and the thing is, is that you look, you look at, uh, okay, now, um, on a side note here, um, the Philippines, okay? You look at uh, President Duterte, who is fighting the war on drugs, and what is really going on is the U.S. government has lost control of those airports and those military bases that the U.S. government relies on for their wars against Russia and China. And the minute that Duterte said he didn't want war in America, you can get the hell out, they made him the worst person in the world. See, because he told China, I'm not going to fight you for a line in the sea at the Scarborough, you know, the shoals uh, where they said uh, that, that they were fighting over the line in the sea when Obama could not get respect or control of Duterte, the president in the Philippines, they made him a killer. And now they want to get him out. Because if they can get Duterte out of the Philippines, they can then again go back to controlling the Philippines and be able to fight Russia or China. This is a big... Um, and it's all related. It's, it's, it's all related. All it's, all related. It, it, it's the way if we want to see it. And we're just... We're just uh, we were just decent Americans trying to live our lives and have been taken too, don't you see? Unexpected, non-warranted, slavery. We, it's a change may be invisible, but every moment, John, we all struggle, no difference in the movie Roots and Assessments, who's the same thing. The physical change we struggle, but we're struggling sort of a Holocaust, a wireless type of change. Do they torture you because you ask too many questions about Tiffany? Do they hurt you? 
Uh, they wish they could. Um, you know, going back to David Icke, he said that Native Americans have um, specific genes, uh, if you will, or DNA that is different than most people in that have the kind of fear that uh, the non-Native Americans have. And I don't know that much about what he meant, but I don't really look at it like an option. I, I did not... I did not seek out any of this. I, I landed here, and um, Tiffany had told me a million times, and she even said, I'm afraid of what will ensue if you find out about this. She said that, and I didn't get it. I didn't get any of it. I didn't get any of it at all. And so do we as Americans want to allow other people to get ruined because they have information about a murder? That's up to each individual. I know that the cult, the 5,000 people that are always constantly trying to stop me, I know that they want me to shut up. I know that for sure. I know that they constantly, I have to block them off Facebook, which is just, you know, no big deal. Just dot black or block done, block done. So I know that um, it's easy for me to block them. But when you have Fairview Police Department that refuse to give me my FOIA request because they know it incriminates them, the public should become outraged. Here's the other thing. Nobody has ever seen the video of the bar the night Tiffany died in Fairview, Oregon. And the public has the legal right to ask for these FOIA requests. And if enough of you do, maybe someone can get it. I offered on my Facebook at one time a $2,500 reward to anybody that can make a FOIA request happen in Fairview, Oregon of the full copy of the video from Tiffany at the bar last that night, because it will prove two things. One, that the police are lying. And two, that Tiffany's killer, he didn't have a beard at all. They're lying. The Fairview Police Department is lying, and they still get a paycheck from taxpayers. Uh, and the case cost taxpayers a half a million dollars, and her known killers got a $200 fine and health care and let out of jail. Oh, my God. A $200 fine. $200. You know, there's a corruption of, the, you know... It's just sick. It makes your heart sort of hurt, your stomach hurt. The corruption sure. is becoming so in your face, just ugly, you know. The, the well, lawlessness. They lie. Uh, the I'm law, sure the law they that lie. Right, right, they lie. The law that runs the bad. John, is there anything you want to add in? Because we've got some people that want to ask you questions about tonight. Yeah, because no, please. I, I welcome questions. That's great. Okay. Let's ask because, uh, I don't okay. get a chance to do that often. Oh, good. I'm glad you just a few minutes and we have some, a little slight Q&A. Um, everyone, if you have questions yeah. for John, go ahead and start a, and, you know, kind of as we close, think of ourselves sometimes as a flower like a daisy. She loves me. She loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. But we're oh, that's a bad one to well, use. Do you know that? Well, actually, I see it that way as a metaphor because I'm... I'm I know, but do you know that has to do with mind I, control? I didn't know if it does because I felt like I'm that face, the yellow yeah. petal, and what's being plucked for me, I want to okay. use your intellectual okay. property, a black slave. I want to traffic maybe her children. Maybe I can kill her for her uh, illegal alien mafia, take her identity away, get her real close your yeah. options, yeah. possibilities, which is being sure. plucked, but I'm just swaying in the wind this flower that didn't ask to be plucked. 
Okay, horrible. Yeah, yeah. But I just want you to know that because that triggers people's mind control. So I, I, it's really? odd that you said that. So, yeah, I God. think um, I thought of that last week when I saw Daisy's. I kept saying it's a little too early in Indiana. I well, used to actually pluck Daisy's, you know, romantic young, yeah, yeah, young yeah. adult. Well, I didn't know that. Because was... there's a lot of people that have mind control. And, mm-hmm. and let me tell you the story behind that, and which is one of the ways you can tell if somebody's under mind control. If you were to show them one of those and do that, the ones that are um, programmed under Dr. Green or Dr. White, whatever you want to call them, um, but the programming, what they do is um, they actually murder. If you're, if you, they pull those wrong, he loves me, he loves me not, and the person next to that child that's being mind controlled, if that comes up wrong, they actually kill the child in front of them with that daisy. So uh, that's in the oh. Fritz Springmeyer book, and, and it's been reiterated by others. So wow. how it goes is they they pull the daisy and then they show it to the kid. He loves, cause they're trying to show a connection between the programmer and the person being mind controlled. And so as they steal these children by the thousands, uh, from the, um, you know, DHS or, you know, the, the, the child homes, uh, what do you call it? Uh, anyways, lots of, lots of uh, children have been stolen. They're depend dispendables. They put those people and then they use those to kill. And that is the way they do it, is he loves me, he loves me not. So that's probably a, a <laughs> not a good one for this show. Ah, I had no idea. I know you didn't know that, but I'm just telling you. No, I didn't. I agree. If I was like, so God, I don't know. I didn't know. It was just romantic. No, no, I'm that, thinking that, that is an adolescent totally. and child, and it makes me feel like that flower. I'm the center of that daisy, and people are plucking me, and I don't want to be plucked. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But if you end up with the wrong one, he loves me, he loves me not, the person next to you gets murdered. So it's really torture for the person to hear about it. There are about 100 things that I've developed um, over talking to all the different monarchs and mind control victims, and I use those to determine if somebody's under mind control. Um, but primarily, you know, a lot of people who are under mind control know they are, and they can even tell you where in their body their RFID chip, the electronic chip, is located. And in fact, you can Google this uh, uh, all you want. There is an organization in America, I believe it's called ISAP or IIC, where they actually remove the chips from the mark, the targeted individuals, and they have case law to prove it and show it to you. There have been hundreds of people who have had their microchips removed in America. Hundreds. You can look at it. Uh, contact uh, that organization. I think it's called ISAP. I-C-E- Something like that. There's a cash money to have it removed or to check you or see if you have it? Excuse me? Does it, is it free or do you have to pay a lot of money to have that taken out of you? Um, they have different meeting places. It's all private and it's all secure. So all the people who think they're under mind control and, uh, and have a chip, both, what they do is they fill out some forms and then when that organization goes near their city or they can come to a secret location – they are called minutes before and told where to meet at that city. They have marked on their body where in which they believe the, the chip is located. The group that's a, a very well-respected organization takes an RFID checker, and it's just basically a radio frequency checker. They put them in an isolated um, room that has a uh, shield around it, and they do various tests. 90% of the people who say they have a chip in a specific area not only have come up positive for a chip, 
but have had the chip removed after having CT scans and or uh, x-rays, depending on the type of chip they have implanted. But uh, you can check out Dr. John Hall is one person, and uh, uh, check Google. Dr. John Hall, who um, has also worked on this, but targeted individuals who know they have a chip, they even draw on the map of the body where their chip is located, and once it's removed, they have case law that then can be used against their perpetrators uh, against them. So, you know, this is nothing new. The, pro- the only new part is, is that America doesn't know it's true. Oh, great. Okay, well, without further ado, John, let's start on with, hey, Minnesota, you are up. You have your hand up. Go ahead, Minnesota. You have a question for John? Oh, am I? Kay, am you I are there? On. Yes, are you Minnesota? Hello? Yes, yes, you're on. Is. Okay, uh, you're Sean. Let's okay. go ahead with your question. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, uh, a question for Mr. Captain. Um, is that a nickname or is that your real last name? That's my real last name. We're Native American out of Oklahoma. <clears throat> I've noticed more uh, Native Americans being targeted. Uh, you got Spencer Carter, uh, Harquill, or what's her name? Deb- Debbie Harquill. I just talked to her for an hour today, and wow. she's up in Ca- yeah, she's up in Canada, Canada now. And her, she said her son wouldn't let her go shop for food. And she's been a TI for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, uh, I know, I know, like, but I, I just want to tell her today. I didn't tell her. Um, Native Americans are really strong people, and uh, they well, they are I'm glad you strongest. said that because I mean that's all I have going. <laughs> They're some of the strongest people there are. Well, I'm glad you said that because that's all I have to go on. I, I just believe that no matter what I've ever done wrong or right in my life, I have an obligation to tell the truth. And I'm really, really, really looking for Native Americans to connect to me because of the loss of my own family and the loss of you know, uh, Tiffany. It's really important that Native Americans know this is about water. This is about the dams. This is about a murder. This is about the judicial system failing Native American, and I am Native American. My grandfather was chief of our tribe in, in Oklahoma, and I get my last name from that. Now, am I whitewashed a little bit? Yeah, I am. That's life. And uh, But I am Native American. I vote Native American, and I am Indian, uh, if you will. And also, um, when well, I went to my tribe you don't need to, for help. You don't need to be so blunt, though, because you, you got those Native American roots, so all of them will speak for you. You don't need to overspeak yeah, anything. Thank yeah, thank you for that. Thank you, Ken. Do uh, you have any other questions, Minnesota, at this time? Um, well, I listened to most of it. Um, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm able to say something on this phone call. And um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's, it's, doesn't life seem like it's going fast now? Like, it seems like every day is going a lot faster than it did 10 years ago. Oh, it is. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. You sound like a native. Are you Native American also? You know what I just found out? Um, my mom's pure Norwegian, but then her sister found out that she was, like, part Indian. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I started hearing that in high school, like, everyone's part Indian. You know, everyone wants to be part Indian. I'm like... <laughs> 
no, I, 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 I totally thought I had no Indian. And then my mom's sister, <laughs> sister's uh, granddaughter works with DNA now, I, I think for Ancestry.com. You guys have all heard of that? Mm-hmm. And she found out that her grandmother, my mom's sister, had Native American. And I'm just like, what? And this was like a month ago. So I'm like, what? Really? Maybe? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But my mom mom was uh, uh, going out with um, a Cherokee Indian for about 10 years. Uh, he was a really good saxophone player from Oklahoma. He was a professional from Oklahoma, and he okay, was cool. part Indian. And then he was the rest of him was African American. And my mom dated him for ten years, and uh, we used to go to like concerts and you know live gigs and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I just I enjoyed. Uh, being able to be part of that, and, uh, you know, I just, I don't have any, I don't have any prejudice in me, I I mean, beyond what I've been through, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I, I got, like, a weird, like, set of, like, well, where are you from, are you from, you know, and then people are like, well, are you racist, and I'm like, no, I'm not, <laughs> but, you know, you gotta, you gotta meet everyone you know to know the difference. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Thank you. Okay. Next, we have uh, South and Southwest Virginia. A question for John. Go ahead, Virginia. Yeah. um, I have um, Cherokee, and uh, my daughter has um, Chickasaw. No, it's Choctaw. I think it's Choctaw. And um, um, what is it? Chinook, Chinook. Um, I can't think of the name of. It. Yeah, that's but, right, um, Chinook. Um, the thing that that bothers me with Indians, I'm not full blooded. My my um, it, you know, my grandparents had her father was Indian. They call it mulatto. Anytime you mix with something else other than um, the original stuff, you, at, at that time, you would be mulatto. Yeah, and, I haven't heard that forever. Yeah, you're right. I remember that. And it, whether you're white or white and black or Indian and black, and there was there were some uh, black tribes, but a lot of times... They, they, some Indians don't acknowledge the when they were, you know, were mixed with the blacks. You know, sure. some, um, some of them, you know, won't accept them as an Indian. But anyway, the thing is that the thing that I want to say to you is, why won't the American Indians become president, become vice president, become? Take over Congress. Take over the Senate. Yeah, because, because we're, we're, so, is, we're so divided. This is, yeah. this is the your country. It yeah. makes no sense that it's being destroyed. This country 
was was pristine. It was clean, yeah. no dirt, no filth until. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a divided country, issues. without question. They had issues when when it you know, like any other uh, group of people, they fought among themselves. But basically, this country was pure. Now look at it. Look at it. Yep. I believe I and and I could be wrong, but I believe it's all it all revolves around the KKK. If you were to follow the KKK right out of their uh, hoods, you would see exactly the same bloodlines of families running in that are police, courts, judges. It's all the KKK, and nothing's ever changed. You can call them the KKK, the Illuminati, the Freemasons, or whatever. But if you look at what happened. In the 1960s, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, these racist people never stopped hating black people. They just expanded their hate, and they got jobs in the government. That was their plan. They had a plan from that day forward to remove their capes, or hoods, whatever you want to call them, and get yeah, jobs in the government, on, and they have done they that. They're on, they have on suits now. They dress in like right. every 100%. people. Yeah. And they do not tell anybody their name. Heck, they change their name to to uh, yoga. They mm-hmm. change their name to anything, as long as you don't know who they are. If you take all the names in Oregon of the KKK members and you follow them through, you will see 90% of the corruption and 90% of the murders of black people and Native Americans have been related directly to the goals and that of the KKK. It's never ended. It's never ended, period. They're not stupid. They just stop telling the truth. They stop talking. And we're all victims of their world. And they stop wearing those hoods, you guys, and burning the crosses. They try to get more, less Jack Clampus, you know? Right, sure. Without a question. Well, you're more serious tonight, Kay. You sound more serious tonight, Kay. Oh, really? Yeah, you're like the you're like the the detective on the spot. <laughs> they don't wear those and Matt. I'm telling you guys, they got real civilized. They don't do that no more. Mm-hmm. Right? Why would people be allowed to have jobs in our government that are liars? And there's nothing more telling than Tiffany's murder. They were never supposed to be put to justice by me. They were never supposed to have this conversation brought to the public view. The murder of Tiffany is very simple. They do not want you to know about it. It's the first time. I've I've had people contact me and tell me it is the first time they have been able to mind control Israel. Even if you forget the idea that Tiffany worked at the dams. Even if you forget the idea that she told me she was going to die, all you need to do is go to Tiffany Jenks' uh, murder Facebook page and listen to the recordings of Tiffany's therapist telling her to follow the yellow brick road. Tap, 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 follow the yellow brick road. Everybody knows okay. this, this, this question is, is weird. Weird, weird question, um, Captain. Uh, did did Tiffany kind of look like Britney Spears? Yes, hundred percent. May I say something, wow. sir? Yeah. Go ahead, and we have the next question after that. Go ahead. Um, one thing I, I also wanted to say is that, you know, the American Indians 
are a lot of them are alcoholics. I saw a program on um, <laughs> like yeah, my family were um, PBS were or some, something like that. And it's sad because yeah. they did. You know that was something that was done, just like they yeah. they yes. <laughs> it was intentionally done to keep you That's down. Right. They, but sure. the thing about it. The American Indians have a heart for their the land. They don't care where they used to not. The land does not belong to anyone. That's the way they you thought. The land is is, you know you're supposed to protect the land. You're supposed to protect the animals unless you. It's only supposed to be um, you whatever you need. Use that, but don't destroy it. Yeah, that's right. And see that, and and it yep, has right. gotten to the point where now they're trying to destroy the land. The land is fighting back too, and they don't care, but they want to destroy it, no matter what. Yep. And and they they, they want to destroy the people, not only the American Indians, but all people that are not. I guess like you know class wars, so they're they're just destroying American Indians and just get rid of everybody that's not like them or don't think like them. Totally right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay, we're gonna go to the next question, Northeast, because here we gotta move on. Thank you for letting me speak. Thank you. Go ahead, Northeast California. Hello, Northeast California. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, okay, um, the gentleman, what is his name? What is your name? John. 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 Yes. What a powerful, you know, um, collection of facts that you have. And I was just sitting listening, and I'm going to give some points. Number one, when you said you work in criminology, rest the case, okay? I have a similar situation where I gave information of a lookalike, and they ignored the court. The court here, um, basically the executive administrator was writing checks to himself. One of the judges in California, Sacramento, brought him to task before a board, and um, he was making laws up as he he went along with most cases. Yeah. Okay. And then number two, McClellan Air, Air Force Base. Well, number three, McClellan Air Force Base. When you have a house across the street, that has Confederate flags all over it and kill the niggers and everything else. And that's right across the street from a sign that says, peacekeepers, you know there's something wrong with the nation. And then one block over, the McClellan um, uh, apartments, a friend of mine was murdered in cold blood, middle of the day, okay? And McClellan Air Force Base is known for child trafficking, porn, all around that community. That's why they shut down a lot of the Air Force bases and a lot of the bases. Number three, or number four, rather. Sorry, Kay, I just wanted to get these out. Um, <clears throat> when you said the bottom line is the Klan, well, um, there's a lady that comes on, and she's a doctor, and she's a friend of mine now, and um, it's kind of hard to have friends when you're a targeted individual. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure she said, look, at Agenda 21, look at sundown towns. And I actually have somebody contact me from my hometown. And this is such a, it's such a, um, it's threaded in 
the our society, the Klan. And so you look yeah. at what's going yeah. on with this targeting. Is he talking about targeting, Kay, or are you talking about your your case in Oregon? Because Oregon's very corrupt. Is it what related to human trafficking or anything? I heard only half of it, and it's a wonderful, you know, um, the proof that you have is wonderful. Kay, well, is it? Yeah. Yes, it's MKL, because as long as you're MK control, all you control, okay. right, you're Which to is be a robot, you're, you're being trafficked, you're a thing. I'm yeah. going to utilize you for whatever that purpose may be. Yeah. Right, Trafficking. right. Sure. I'm, I'm a musician. I'm German, Black, and Native American, and a whole lot of other stuff. So um, <clears throat> my, gran- my great-grandfather was murdered by the Klan, number five, yeah. left to die on a road. I already hear that. Okay. Sure. Basically, yeah, as an initiation, sure. so it's very personal for me. And so this thing with red chip? hat. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Do you have a chip? Do you think? You oh, have a chip? I I woke up one night. I told Sister Kay about this. I woke up one night about two years ago, and there's a little slit on my um my left hand. There's a a, a, a like an old wound <clears throat> that has healed. Sure. And it's very thin, and I think they access me because I never cut myself there. Sure. I never had anything happen. Yeah, well, check into that. Check into that organization that does testing for microchips. Um, ISAP, I believe it is. Uh, I don't know the name off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but uh-huh. Uh-huh. they will be. Well, they got me in the hospital like five months ago, and they said my surgery was only going to be about. 15 minutes. They had me in there for two hours. They blocked my father and my mother and my aunt from coming in the front of the hospital. They were going to make them come from the other side. And this is a huge, huge hospital. And they're going to have my 80-year-old parents and my 70-year-old aunt walk all the way across. So they accessed me, I believe. I came back from surgery. I told Kay this. Remember, Kay, that I came, I put on two gowns before going into surgery. I came out with a gown just laying on me with the blankets laying on me. Laying on me, okay? I didn't see my family. You can get checked by that organization. I think that they did something to me because there's been a couple weird things. And my last thing is with the red shirts and the red hats that we experience as tar- Do you know about targeted individuals? Um, and yeah, I don't know of if he course. Knows. you do. Oh, okay. No, I'm asking the, the gentleman that shared his life story of his fiance being killed um, by the yeah. Illuminati. I'm sorry? Well, it's, Somebody's uh, yeah, everyone has has their own way of speaking. So let's no, hear no, no, what no. you No, 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 it's not about that. It's not about that. I'm just asking the gentleman, John, if he knows about TIs. And so I am a TI. Yeah. And um, yes. we're, we're multi-generational. Yeah, that's why I asked you if you had a chip. And we're, we're a lot of military and other things and some boule. There's boule in my family. And uh, when you cross them, oh, they don't like that at all. <laughs> oh, they try to get okay. me to join. They try to get me to join, and I'm like, no, I thought about it, and no. And you have to cut the cake with them. you got to have high grades for the one. We're like in the one with, that is, well, uh, not me, but a, more than a few family members are um, alpha you know, God, and so it gets God, really interesting. Well, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Bigger, what's bigger, the Alpha or the Godfather? What's bigger? To what, a what, is, what are you talking about? What is bigger to a TI? The Alpha or the Godfather? What, what, what one is bigger? Oh, 
Um, I don't understand this question, Kay. Okay, I don't know. Uh, we're going to wrap it up because they're calling. But I'm trying to get to the point. I'm trying to get to a point with this Illuminati, and you know, I'm yes. in a situation, okay, and you know, I've been going through it. I, they have stepped it up. They set off a sonic blast underneath my le- living room last night. As I, as I so, said, um, not only to you, it's a, uh, John, we're searching for more resources. I think the company is Jesse Beltran, I, I act. And a lot of us, I don't know if it's an anniversary, numerology, but for some reason in the last half two weeks, our targeting, they can uh, kind of go down or they can hype it up. And for mm-hmm. the past two weeks in March, everyone's been hyped up. And we need some type of crisis. What's that March day, Kay? The March day, March 15th or whatever, where everything turns on itself and it's weird. Like, does anybody know about that, that day? That. March 16th or March 15th, it's the day before, does anybody know what I'm talking about? So it's been weird no, and weird and weird. Den and Ross. What is it called? Den and Ross. Oh, well, I can't, okay. I can't hear him, but I'm so sorry, okay. sir. Yeah. But, uh, but I was trying to wrap up because I'm, gonna, I'm in the midst of it. We're going to close it up. Uh, if there's some okay, more I didn't get to finish. The red shirts are... When you look at Agenda 21 mixed with the with the Klan and the Illuminati and the roots of this nastiness, um, the red shirts were what came in after Lincoln was president or something like that. They were building up. And to get the person in that they wanted, they messed up the system. And this is what we're seeing right now is the Klan coming of age, coming back. They're coming back, and they come back in power. And it also, John... In the early 1900s when my great-grandfather was murdered, that's when the FBI or some agency had to shut them down. So we really need the agencies to shut them down, you know, or we're not going to have a country. And that's all i got to say. It definitely is the Klan. If you look at the way the red shirts were running around, they called them red shirts or red hat, something red in the, like, the, the, the 1800s or the 1900s, this is just the same thing coming back. The, the lying, the courts messed up, and, you know, but I praise God right now. I praise my higher power, which is a mixture of the great spirit and Jesus, is that my God nephew's getting out of prison this month, and I'm just praying that he really gets out because he's Cherokee, and I'm Blackfoot, and I really, he got, he got put down a, a road of lies, and Kay knows about this. Just they, they were going to give him 10 felonies, and because I spoke up and some other people did, he's going to get out. They, they put it down to one felony. They were going to just slam him to prison for the rest of his life, and he's only like 23, 24 years old. So I totally believe your story, sir, your life story there. All right, well, thanks for calling. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing. You. Okay, sure. Kay. Everyone, John, I want to that and thank you very much for taking the time to join the show. And I do hope in the future uh, yes, thank you. I will stay uh, abreast with you on Facebook. I hope you can feel that John is joining us tonight. And please don't be a stranger. I try to be here every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that we're always keeping the show hearing yet canvas of what our lives what we must so with that, everyone, uh, I wish you all a safe and blessed evening. 
God. Break the hold of something. Adversity. We must pull ourselves together of what we're made of, not what we think we are, but who we are meant to be and still be right. Tomorrow, part five, the illegal aliens mafia. We're talking about the list. That's right. The mafia-owned agency and bureaucrats that can't help you. The enemies of the mafia. I believe John even mentioned one key person, Congressman Trey Gowdy. What time is the show tomorrow? What time is the show tomorrow? Okay, I like to quiet so I can have a bit of control. No interruptions. I'm closing out. The show will be part five of the Illegal Aliens Mafia. That will be 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, we like is that to tomorrow or next week? Thank you all for joining tonight. We will have a special show tomorrow, Sunday, March 27, 2017, 6 p.m. Professor Solange Martinez, Illegal Alien Mafia, part five. We're talking about the limits. Not only mafia-owned bureaucracy that we can never get any help from, but we're going to talk about the ones that would be typical for all of us, because that would be the enemies of the mafia, enemies of my enemy, if not myself. Again, I'd like to give a gracious thank you, John Pastor, for taking time for time and telling us Thank you all enough. And tomorrow, keep the time.